Welcome Willow Park Church and all our friends online that are joining us, not only across Canada, but around the world. We are glad that you have joined us. We want to create this space for you to engage with the Lord. And I've been trying to encourage people that when they log online, that they they switch off all other distractions. Allow this hour to be a time where God really speaks to you. That takes discipline. It takes discipline to switch off the notifications, put your phone to airplane mode, uh, not flick from one screen to another. But sit and allow the worship to minister to you. Allow it to wash over you. Allow God to open your heart. And when we step into the word, your heart is prepared to hear God's word for you. You know, scripture promises that whenever you hear a preacher, God will speak to you through those words. So why don't you even at the beginning of this time, uh, pray that God will speak to you. That's a relief for me as a preacher because sometimes you, you wonder what you're communicating, whether it really connects. But it's the Holy Spirit that connects with the heart of those that are listening. And we spend a lot of time praying that God will use this broadcast to really impact your journey and your life and where you're at. So in the living rooms and the places where you're sat in your dens or wherever you are, just alone with the Lord or with your family, prepare your heart and say, yes, Lord, I want to hear from you. Yes, Lord, I want you to speak. You know, throughout church history, pandemics have been an opportunity for the church to really dig deep into God and discover their calling and ministry again. Pandemics are not new to the church, whether it was those that hit the Roman Empire. And of course, the elite of the Roman Empire would scuttle off up into the mountains to their beautiful villas where the air was clear and everything was safe. Leaving the slaves and the normal merchants and people in the cities and the towns. Pandemics came through, people died. But Christians shone at those times. You see, in the Roman Empire, people were, they were terrified of death. There was no assurance of, of any sense of hope after death within the philosophies and the religions of the ancient gods. But here is Christianity, serving Jesus Christ who rose from the grave on the third day. And here are the Christians. They're up, they're shining, they're, they're active, they're helping in the pandemic, they're participating, they are spreading light and truth and goodness all around. So what is God teaching you? I know we've got friends in Europe that watch us, our missionaries, the Garcias and uh, our friends in the UK and in Germany and other places uh, where they're feeling particularly under pressure at the moment with the lockdowns and the tier one, tier two, tier three. What is God going to do in your heart at this moment, wherever you are, whatever you're facing? Allow the pan pandemic to pivot your faith so that you're more on fire for Jesus. That's my hope, that you go deeper, you go farther, you keep pushing in, you, you carve out time in that devotional life and you allow God to work. Well, 
enough from me. It's almost like I've preached a sermon, <laughs> but um, and a little sermon. Uh, but I want to invite now the worship band to come and lead us. Uh, Curtis and the team are going to come and lead us in worship now. And let's pray for God's presence to come. Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to worship online. And I pray, wherever we are, that the power of the Spirit will be manifest and present with everybody who connects online, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Lead us to the presence of the Lord. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to Willow Park Church Online. And from wherever you are, we just uh, welcome you to join us as we worship and, uh, and hear from the word. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Let's uh, start with a wonderful song here. Take away, you give and take away. 
days I've noticed people are a lot more considerate of each other giving each other space and maybe waiting that extra moment for that person in front of you to pick the right tomato from the bin some things are good and uh, in the Bible it talks about that it Jesus modeled that kind of servanthood humility being considered to others in uh, Philippians, the Apostle Paul writes, uh, In your relationships with others, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Yeah, even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father so when we're interacting with others in whatever situation sometimes remind yourself to be a bit humble that you're not better than the other person but your job is to be better for the other person Lord, we worship you. We thank you for stepping down into that place called death and then overcoming it. Light of the world. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together worthy. All together. So highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created. All for love's sake became poor. 
sins of the world. God becoming man. Obedient to death on a cross and then defeating death once and for all. So we have hope, we have life, we have your love. God, you are holy. Nothing is beyond your power. We look up at creation and we go, wow, unimaginable. And you created it for us. Your love created everything. You're holy. You're holy. You're holy.
Well, thank you. Holy, holy, holy. What a way to finish. You know, I would say to you that if you've ever got a quiet moment, sit still and repeat those words over and over again. You say, Phil, really? Uh, Isn't that a bit odd? Well, if you happen to be promoted to heaven and you see what's going on in heaven, there are angels that are declaring the holiness of God continuously for eternity. So just join in with the choir of of angels and see what God does. Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. Fabulous. A way for us to take our minds from down here to the very essence of the second and the third heaven. It's beautiful. Thank you, worship team, for that. Well, we're going to take a moment to take communion. And um, we've been um, trying to find ways to take communion as congregations and dwell groups that gather. Around 400 people gather in our different uh, spaces that we create to worship. And it's really special. And so... We've got these uh, new communion cups. So if you come to a dwell gathering on the first weekend of the month, uh, we'll be sharing communion and you uh, will be able to, um, to, to partake. And it really is lovely to, be, to look around and see 45 other believers in your dwell group uh, taking communion together. But let me remind you that the reason that we are here is because Christ gave his life for us. I can never take for granted the cost, the price that was paid 
from the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I never stop being amazed at the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, my Savior. I'm utterly convinced that his death opened the way for our relationship with God the Creator. Why am I convinced? Because I live it and I experience it. I know it. I know its power. I remember that moment when his cleansing power came into my life. And for the first time, all shame, all guilt, all fear was gone. Remarkable. This is the body of Christ. Father, we bless this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We thank you that Christ's body was broken so that the power of sin and death could be broken. And therefore, defeating the works of Satan. And I thank you that you paid the price. You took the penalty. You were the sacrificial lamb. You were our substitution. And we are so thankful for the glory of God and for Jesus Christ's death. The body of Christ, broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. In the same manner, he took the cup. And having poured it out, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant that takes away the sins of the world. You are clean. You are forgiven. You are made new because of the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world. Thanks be to God. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to go over to the Willow One News and find out all that's going on in our church. We're looking forward to our Christmas season. It's going to look different, but we're determined to create opportunities to celebrate the birth of Christ. So watch out for that and uh, be blessed by the messages that you're about to hear. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. Our annual general meeting is happening next Sunday, November 8th at 3 p.m. at Church at 33. If you are a voting member of our church, you are encouraged to attend in person. For everyone else, and for those who prefer to attend online, we have that option as well. If you're a member, watch your email box tomorrow for more information on how to register to attend in person. If you are 55 plus, you are invited to join us for our senior Bible study. 
which is happening every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. in the foyer at Church at 33. For more information, contact Pastor Curtis at ctolman at willowparkchurch.com or call the church office. GLOW, our youth group for grades 9 to 12, happens each Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. JUICE for grades 6 to 8 happens Thursday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. This week is care groups, and leaders will be contacting youth to let them know what they're doing. Visit cahoots.ca for more information. We are working on some fun and meaningful ways for you to spread the love of Jesus this Christmas. Watch our social media and our website as we unveil ways that you can get involved. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Well, good morning and welcome to Willow Park Church. This morning, let me welcome you on this gorgeous November the 1st. How are you? You're looking good. You're looking good. There's, there's, there's people here, uh, new people, uh, people that haven't been before. Hey, kids, are there in the balcony? Good to see you. Uh, hey, yes. Fantastic. It's good to see you. And those of you, of course, who are online and in our dwell gatherings, we are delighted that you've joined us as well. I, uh, I wasn't um, playing um, Pac-Man on my phone while the worship was going. I was saying hello to all of you online. Hello to the... Um, uh, Facebook live crowd that are out there and uh, just uh, connecting. It's so wonderful the way that we can connect in so many different ways and be able to, um, to, to celebrate and to explore the Word of God as God speaks to us and is with us. And I'm happy that you're with us this morning and that you, um, you managed to go online, uh, click on there, uh, Get your email um, uh, confirmation, or for most of you, uh, and then by faith you are here in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm glad you're here, and for some of you it's your first time, and it's good to look around and see you. I was saying to a group uh, earlier that was here, uh, chatting afterwards, you know, just getting out, coming to church, standing on the church steps, in the blue sky, enjoying the autumn day, that has to be good for your mental health, doesn't it? Just looking at these lovely people around you and their gorgeous faces and being able to celebrate together all that God is doing and the way that God is working, it is, it is fantastic. Let me mention, if you want to give uh, here online, please uh, follow the button. But also, of course, we have our offering boxes as you leave, those firm, good, square 
boxes that you can pop an offering in there. And, um, and, and as you do that, the angels of heaven fly all around you. You Try it. See what happens. It's amazing. Honestly, there is, um, things will start to happen when you, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Um, they're wonderful. So, um, We've been talking about hidden, our lives in Jesus. And uh, throughout this series, before we move into the Christmas uh, period, can you believe Christmas is coming? Uh, I, I, we don't quite, people have been asking, what's, what's Christmas going to look like at Willow Park Church? Oh, it's going to look like something. Uh, <laughs> And I'm not quite sure what that something is, but we've got about five different alternatives. Uh, but um, it, is, uh, it is quite a challenging time. But, but before on the first day of Advent at the end of November, we're going to continue our series Hidden. Where what we've tried to do is equip you to be able to dig deeper in your faith and understand some of the deeper spiritual issues that will keep you alive and keep you sustained through these days of pandemic. And, and we want to carry on with that, uh, that theme that is, of course, Pastor Jordan spoke last week and he spoke about the power of Sabbath and the difference that Sabbath makes in our lives and being clear about times of retreat, clear about times of, um, of prayer, about our daily devotions, and then building that rhythm into our lives and building that relationship into our lives. And I want to continue that theme, but I want to talk about, about our relationship with the Lord on a deeper level and go deeper with our relationship with the Lord in terms of God speaking to us. Hidden, learning to listen in that secret place and understanding that God speaks to us and he wants to be with us and he wants to help us. Now, the question I want to ask you is, when was the first time God spoke to you? Do you remember that moment? Now, for I know that God has spoken to the vast majority of you anyway. Why? Well, because you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So there was a moment, there was a time when God actually came and spoke to you. And it may have been like me. It was that moment when I can memorize and know that moment, remember that moment when as not a Christian, when only of hearing the Christian message a few times, that suddenly on that time, uh, I felt that compelling whisper, that compelling voice of God to give my life to Jesus. I'm a bit of a cliche, to be honest, only in as much as my conversion, I was sat in the balcony, not listening to the sermon very much, unlike those present. And, and as I was sat in that same little balcony, a balcony which, um, you know, I had messed around in on numerous occasions, suddenly the preacher said, if you want to become a Christian, give your life to Jesus. I felt it. I knew it. It was God speaking to me. I was compelled. It was irresistible. It was remarkable. I put my hand up. I walked down the stairs of the balcony and, and I got to the front. If you listen to the evangelist telling the story, because I'm his, his, his most he says that he's most famous convert. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, but but he, he, I, I fell down the stairs under the uh, conviction of God. I, well, I'm probably tripped. But I did feel the conviction and I came to the front and I was prayed with by a gentleman called David and I gave my life to Jesus. 
that was, I can honestly say that was probably the first time I heard God's voice. It wasn't a booming voice, Philip. It wasn't even a little whisper or a Peter-like uh, a trans a vision that appeared, but it was a sense of God's presence and a knowledge that I needed Jesus and his voice was drawing me to him. Now that may not have happened to you, but it probably will happen to you at some point in your life. Do you remember that moment when you're at teen camp or at kids camp? You may have been brought up as a Christian in a Christian home and you went and, and you were sat there and, and you were listening again around the campfire and it was crackling and, and, and you, you were kind of looking over, looking at um, the cute boy or girl across the way. Um, I don't know. And you were, you're going, mm, and you're, you're not really listening to the preacher, though the young, young preacher is trying really hard to engage you. And then suddenly... Something clicked and you find yourself giving your life to Jesus. And you remember that. You see, you could not be a Christian without hearing the voice of the Saviour calling you. That he comes to you. And the very nature of Christianity is that we have a saviour that comes, a saviour that speaks to us. There is some point in all of your lives, I'm sure, unless you're not a Christian this morning, and I'll be glad to help you out if you choose to be a Christian this morning. Online, I'll be glad to help you out. Anything that, that suddenly God came and suddenly God spoke to you at that moment. And your whole life, you receive the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And your whole life started to change because you received the treasure that was within you. You received that knowledge. You received that strength of God there. And, and you start to understand scriptures. To us to understand scripture, we actually need the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you noticed how people always talk about the Bible as if it's uh, boring? They go, oh, I don't, I don't like the Bible. The Bible's really boring. I've often been chatting to people or witnessing to them or sharing faith with them. They say something like this. Oh, no, 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 no. I started reading the Bible. It's absolute nonsense. It's boring. I didn't enjoy it at all. I started, I said, where do you start? Well, I started at Genesis and I tried my way through, but I got kind of a bit stuck in numbers. Um, it was absolute nonsense. I, I couldn't connect with it. I didn't understand it. It was boring. It was, it's hard. I can't, can't believe how you, 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 um, you can understand this book and how it makes any difference in your life. The reason we understand this book is because this book is infused with the revelation of the power of the Spirit. And the same Spirit that dwells within you and gave you salvation is the same Spirit that created the Bible, that, that brought the Bible into existence. See, the Bible is not just a book. The Bible is infused and anointed and inspired by the power and the presence of God within its life. It even says this about itself. For prophecy never had its origins in the human will. But the prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
The power of the Bible in your life is the reality that it is God-breathed and the same Spirit that dwells within you dwells in the pages of the Bible. It's there. It's inspired. It is magnificent. I, I remember there used to be an English preacher, um, a, little, a little bit of a strange guy, to be honest, you know, but he was lovely. And he used to go on the streets to preach. You remember when we used to have street preachers and, and all the Christians used to avoid them, <laughs> um, uh, including me sometimes. And he used to go out with his guitar and his 12-string guitar. You know, to be a real street preacher, you had to have a 12-string guitar because it gave it more, more bass. And, and he'd take his Bible and in a crowded English street, um, he'd put his Bible down and he'd walk away and then he'd kind of be very dramatic and he'd go, it's alive. And everybody would stop. Ladies and gentlemen, it's alive. I can't believe it. It's alive. Look at this. It's living. It's alive. It's, be careful. This is, this is alive. It's dynamic. And the crowd would go, what's alive? What's going on? And then he turns to them, the word of God is alive. And I'm hiding behind a post box. And, but, it, but he was amazing. And, and, and have you ever noticed that when you're reading the Bible... That, that, that scriptures come alive. Like li- little pocket rockets shooting up from your Bible. Pew! They're all ping. It's amazing. And what do we do? We get our, our, our green highlighters out from Staples and we highlight it. And now our, our Bible is glowing. And when we go to church and people flick through the Bible, oh gosh, you're... You've got three or four colors going. That's amazing. Your, your, your Bible's glowing with neon power. And yet, really what it is, is that the Bible speaks to us and glows in that way because the same spirit that inspired it and put it together is the same spirit within you. And when you read the Bible, things start to happen because it's God's word to your life. And the Bible brings life. The Bible brings healing. The word of God brings deliverance. The word of God changes us perspective. The word of God frees us. The word of God is there. And that's why when we go through the most difficult times in our life, what we should do is hang on to the word of God within us. It's alive. The preacher was, was right. Lives. It is there. And, and so we're carried, they were carried along. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That when we are learning to listen to God's voice, and let's be honest, God speaks to people in lots of different ways. And I've been around long enough to know that God speaks to us with our personalities, with the way that we learn, whether he doesn't speak to us in, 
in, um, in one way to one person, one way or another. A person might be very uh, analytical, so God speaks to them in a particular way. Somebody might be very kinesthetic and everything is quite feelings. Some, you know, God speaks to people uh, and as they read scriptures, as they memorize it. But the beautiful thing is, I don't mind how God speaks to you. I just want to encourage you to seek after God's voice in your life. Because it's God's voice that will change the situations in your life. And there are these moments when the counsellor, and who is the counsellor? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. By the way, the counsellor, the Holy Spirit has been sent. And the Holy Spirit is present in the church. And the Holy Spirit is present in each one of your lives. And I want to encourage you that this counsellor has been sent. And what does the counsellor come and do? But the counsellor comes and what? Teaches us comes. He guides us. He teaches us. He's with us. He helps us. He's, he's there. will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Talking to disciples. But haven't you experienced that moment when you've been praying and when you've been at that point and when you've been in that place of intimacy with the Lord and the Lord comes and reminds you something and you go, ah, oh, yes. It comes like a moment of revelation. It comes like a moment when you know that God is speaking to you and reminds you about what you should believe, what you should think, what you should say. He comes and reminds you of everything I have said to you. And I really believe is that, is that we should, should be open. But the one thing that stops us is often we believe that, 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 that our own knowledge is enough. We believe that our own intelligence is enough. I love knowledge. I love education. I, um, I, I, I loved my uh, years when I did my MA at uh, Gloucester University. And, 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 and studied theology. And I love that whole process of acquiring and understanding knowledge. But I know that the knowledge doesn't form me spiritually. It's the interaction of the Word of God and the Spirit of God as I allow God to shape my character and allow God to change me. Um, I'm for continuous education, but I'm for, for the idea and for that, that the Lord comes and ministers to us. At that time, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, I praise you, Father, Lord, of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned. Even in Jesus' time, the guys that knew the Bible backwards were the guys that did not recognize Jesus. Have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Revealed them to little children. Don't you love little children? They're awesome. We've got some little children here. I love them. Justice. How you doing? Hey. See, she knows her name. Well done. And I know your name as well. Good to see you. Are you going to say hello? Oh, good. Oh, uh, you get your $5 later. All right. 
you know, little children. But what, why does Jesus say we're like little children? Because the one thing about little children is that they are curious. They are eager. They are willing to learn. They listen to you, don't you? Unlike teenagers. But they listen to you. They, 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 they're eager. They're anticipating. They're like, oh, daddy, tell me things. Tell me, why does this exist? Why is this here? Will we, will we have Lego in heaven? What is this? You know, all of these things. They're curious and they're exciting and they're interested. And there's an openness and there's a willingness to learn. It's a very sad day in our spiritual walk when we lose an excitement and a curiosity about learning about the mysteries and the things of God. And, and being and talking. I was, at, I was at with uh, Mark um, Wilson over at Maple Springs. And he's got, what, four daughters. I don't know, they're all under the age of six or something. He's, he's been a busy man. And, and four daughters. And, and the house is busy. And, and, um, and, and, and the little girl said to me, you know, obviously I've got a soft spot having three daughters. And the moment I see little blonde girls running around, I'm like, ah, oh, that's like my Emily. I get all like I'm really 55 and should go to the Bible study and join the hymn sync. And, and, uh, and they, said, uh, they said, do you want to come into our princess's um, room? I said, yes, I'd love to come into your princess's room. I thought it was going to be a bedroom. No, it was a ladder going up into the roof and I had to climb through a little square. Oh, my back. And I was, I was pulling myself up and I came in and I was surrounded by little princesses and, and dolls and things. And it's high in the roof. And, 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 and they were saying, you know, we, um, we, we, we like to do ballet. I said, I like ballet as well. And I, I said, do you want to see a bit of ballet? Swan Lake, mm, they said, nodding very knowingly. Have you ever seen Swan Lake? No. What kind of parents are these? And I pulled out the iPhone, Googled Swan Lake, and up it came, and there were all the swans dancing. Big eyes, wide open, a moment to treasure. Have you lost those moments spiritually? When you're with the Lord and you're reading his word and suddenly there's a moment to treasure. There's a beautiful moment. There's a moment of closeness. There's a moment of intimacy. There's a moment where you're like little children. I mean, if it was all down to knowledge, then the most intelligent people in the whole of Israel never made it to the stable, did they? To meet the Messiah. I mean, look at this. No one found the way to the baby. Jesus, without direct revelation from God. Mary was an angel. Joseph, a dream. The shepherds, angels. The Magi, a star. Simeon and Anna, the Holy Spirit. I mean, all of them that received it, received it by a work of revelation, by a work of God, by God speaking to them. And I do not want your Christianity to to just be about knowledge or to be dry. 
dry or to be old or to be cold. But I want you all in this time of pandemic and shifting sands of the world to know the voice of God speaking into your life and those beautiful moments of revelation when God speaks to you. It's a beautiful thing. I loved it when they told me about Jesus. I did not first. I was pretty belligerent, I suppose. But I loved it. These Christians kept saying, you know, you can have a friendship with Jesus Christ. Have you met these Christians? They're like this. They talk about a friendship with Jesus. And then you become a Christian and discover that a lot of them don't seem to have a friendship with Jesus. It's like Jesus is their third cousin removed who lives in Manitoba, who they see twice a year. It's a relationship, not religion, friends. It's relationship, not religion. It's fostering that relationship. Even the disciples needed the inner working of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of God to speak to them. When they were struggling and going through tough times, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from your human, any human being. My Father in heaven has revealed it. I mean, we do believe some pretty strange things as Christians. You're nodding. We do, don't we? We believe in a... Well, we believe, first of all, that God created the heavens and earth and all the atoms of the universe through speaking it into existence. Hmm. That's not a common belief in the world. Have you noticed that? We also believe that, that for moments that God actually split the Red Sea. We believe that the Jordan was stopped. We believe that the sea stand, uh, stops the, the sun's stood still. We believe that a man was born of a virgin. As my atheistic uncle said to me, he said, Phil, virgins don't give birth to babies. How on earth can you believe that? Now, that's generally true, right? Generally. You know, it's, it's, but we believe that. Now, why do you believe it? We believe that a man was, was now to a cross, was killed by the greatest soldiers on the face of the planet and their ability to execute death. And then he was laid in a tomb and we believe on the third day that he rose again. Now, although there is good arguments and proof for the <coughs> truth of the story, why do you believe that? You believe it because you've had the revelation, right? I, I, you couldn't tell me anything different. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it because I have had the revelation like Simon, like at this moment, son of John. You, my father in heaven has revealed this to you. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is the savior of the world, that he rose on the third day, that there is a kingdom of God and that there is a kingdom of heaven and that Christ will return. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the only answer and he's the savior of the world. I believe it, not because academically I've worked it out, but because one day 
day, a revelation came to me and ruined and changed my whole life. Oh yeah, God doesn't really talk. (laughs) He's got to talk to you. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not living it. It's, it's a, and and I'm, I'm, why am I saying this? I'm encouraging you to push deeper in to starting to discern the treasure within you and what God is doing within you. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he, what? Opened their minds so they could understand scripture. This is what I'm driving at. That when we have this relationship with the Lord Scripture becomes alive because of the revelation and the power of the Spirit in our lives. And he opens our minds. And I think for each one of us, I want to encourage you to pray the prayer, Lord, open my mind so I can see things that you're speaking to me through the Scripture. Open my mind that I may be with you. Because the truth is, everything that we hear from God is always filtered through biblical rigor and filtered through Scripture. All the truth of God is in Scripture and the knowledge of God. And of course, Christ was the Word of God made flesh. And the more we understand Scripture, the more we understand Jesus. And we know it and it heals us. It brings life. It changes us. The beautiful relationship of our lives and Scripture and prayer and meditation and learning to memorize scripture and I learn it to change us and God's spirit and revelation. This is a dynamic, glorious relationship that Christians have between us and God because we are called into fellowship. I preached that two weeks ago. We are called into fellowship to abide with Christ. God's voice changes our thinking. It changes us, doesn't it? It changes the way our perception about people. It changes our heart about situations. It changes our journey. God's voice, it gives us a different perspective. The biggest example of this is, of course, Peter. When he's praying and he has a vision and he sees a sheet come down or a sail and it's full of unclean animals and the Lord says, eat. And he says, you're joking, God, creator, I'm not eating that, it's all unclean. He said, and God says, don't call what I've made unclean. Do you remember that conversation? This is like, this is like a grenade dropped into Peter's world. Boom, he's stunned. Not only that, then the Lord says to him, go to a house called Cornelius. Well, who's Cornelius? He's a Roman centurion. Yeah, he's a Gentile. Oh, a God-fearing man. Go and bring the good news to him. I can't go to a Gentile's house. That's ridiculous. Who do you think you are? I'm God. I better go then. You know? So he goes. And he rises and he says, you are well aware that it is against our law for the Jews to associate with Gentiles. That's a great way of pastoral visit, isn't it? Hello, you're aware that I'm not allowed to be here according to the law. 
or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. You see what happens? God has shown me. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and, and do what is right. Wow. I now see that my prejudice, my religious attitude, even though I walked with Jesus, my preconceived ideas, my world of how I view this has completely been opened up because I've been available to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as God has spoken to me. He's changed my religion into a global mission. I did a funeral the other week um, for uh, Lillian Kudney. And uh, Lillian, who attended here for many years, and, and I would know her well. She was raised Dukabor, Russian. And she was raised religious. She was raised in the Kootenays. She was raised, you know, from that history of nonconformists from Russia that moved to, to Saskatchewan and then moved on into... Um, into that whole region by uh, Grand Forks. And, and, and as she, she was great, she planned a whole funeral 10 years ago and put it on file. That's a really, that really helped us, by the way. And we knew exactly. She even told me what to preach. And it was preach the gospel, Pastor Phil. The first conversation I ever had with her 10 years ago, Pastor Phil, I'm going to die. Here is, here is my funeral. And then she went round and gave it to other people. But her testimony was so amazing because she had a moment from her religious background in that community that didn't bring life, that didn't bring healing until one day as a young woman, she met the power of Jesus Christ that completely changed her life. See, she had that Peter moment. Many of us who are connected to the old communities of Mennonite know that what started off great Centuries ago became religion, became condemning, became isolationist. And you meet now people that came from those old religious communities where God has turned their lives upside down and they've experienced the reality of not religion, of not law, of not exclusion, of not being prejudiced and not being exclusive, but the power of Jesus to reach all nations and change lives. And I know that, honestly, if God hasn't corrected you in some way in your life, sometimes I wonder whether God is actually speaking to you. Because I'm getting corrected all the time. <laughs> I'm always tripping up. I'm always, God's always going, you know what I'm saying? That attitude wasn't very, oh yeah, I know. Why did you open your mouth? Oh, I know. What, what about, oh, I know. Lord, I've sinned. Have mercy on me, a sinner. That's a great prayer to pray at least 50 times a day. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. But that's the beauty of our relationship is that we, we are corrected by the Holy Spirit. We are corrected by the Word of God because it's alive and living. 
And a, a, a true disciple of Jesus is always willing to be corrected by God. So enjoy the correction. Because it's done out of love. He corrects you because he loves you. And he corrects you because he loves to change your character. And he corrects you because he's, he's our, our father. Sheep know his voice. And out of that comes understanding from God. I keep asking that God our Father, the Lord Christ and glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation. He keeps asking this. This is a prayer. He's praying. I pray that it will be so real to you, church, that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What does that mean, revelation? Well, it's not, I'm not talking about revelation like... Um, like you're seeing beasts coming out like revelations and, and, and great horns of, of, of mountains of angels like some scene from um, you know, Lord of the Rings or something like that. No, have you ever been there and you've been battling with a problem and you've been asking the Lord and boom, there's suddenly wisdom and a clarity and revelation about how to move forward. Paul's praying this for the church. That in your life, we would have understanding. I get it. Right. I've been a bit, a bit dull here. Talking about myself. You know, you, know, you know, ladies, how men can be a bit... Yeah, you're all nodding. Men, we can, we can get it straight over our heads. And God says, no. A message from God, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. The very nature is interactive and that interactive in our life. Direction from God. The Apostle Paul traveled all the way after 14 years break to go and see them in Jerusalem again, took Barnabas and Titus and he went in response to a personal moment where God said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. And there are those moments when you know, hey, it's time for me to change my job. It's time for me to be different here. It's time for me to change this direction in this business. It's time for me to do something and it comes even in the most personal areas of our life. I honestly do pray, it's not always easy, pray for revelation and the moments of insight for each of my children about how to talk to them and handle difficult subjects. And I sit there and I say, Lord, I need you direction here. I need your understanding. I need your gentleness. I need your wisdom. I'm not very good at this at times, but I need that. And we all. And I think one of the dangers is that we're so full of our own opinion. We're so full of our own construct of our own world that we're not making room for God to speak to us in our life and to guide us. And truly, he does want to do that. But you say, oh, yeah, but you know, I'm not, I'm not bright enough, Pastor Phil. 
You're obviously a very bright person. I mean, even if you're not, you've got an English accent, so you sound clever. I mean, really. Well, that's what the Canadians say, not the Scottish. But, you know, amen, sister. Scotland's in the house. But um, you think, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm a bit, hmm. Can I tell you that it's not about your ability People who think they're not intelligent enough to hear God's guidance. It's about just being a sheep. Sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Have you ever hung out with sheep? They are pretty thick. I don't know if you could say that word. They are, they're a bit, they're a bit, they do do straight, stupid, stupid. There's a, there's a, they're stupid. That comes from the audience here. Not the audience, the congregation. (laughs) This is, this is the world we live in. Hi, world out there. Sheep do things. They, one moves, they all move. I think there was one account of 2,000 sheep jumping off a cliff because one jumped off. In Turkey, Google it. Not at night because it's pretty horrible reading. Whoa, let's jump off this cliff. And then they all followed. But you know, sheep know the shepherd. And it's not about your brilliance. It's about your willingness to hear God's voice. You might say, yeah, but Pastor Phil, I'm too broken. You don't know me. I am a mess. I'm, what do Canadians say? I am a gong show. I am a complete mess. I am a messed up. I have so many problems, such a history. I am problem with this. Can I tell you something? That it's not about people who think they're too broken. You're never too broken to hear the voice of Jesus. You're never too broken to come to Christ. You're never too broken to receive his love. Just look at John chapter 4. And she arrives at the well and Jesus is sat there. And he goes... Um, He goes, go and fetch your husband. She says, no, I have no husband. That's right, Jesus says. The man that you are living with is not your husband. No. You've had, what, four or five husbands? Yes. You've been passed around. People don't like you, clearly, because you're at a well without other women. And the other women aren't drawing water with you. You're an outcast. You're lonely. You are broken. You're despised by your own community. You've been passed around in a male culture like a Peter's of flesh. But you have now met in your brokenness the Messiah that will give you living water. And you will never thirst again. And lady, you find the fulfillment of God. I mean, she wasn't bright, as in like a Pharisee, although her theology was quite interesting. It's good. She had knowledge about Samaritans and Jews, but Jesus didn't exclude her. And sometimes I feel that the more broken you are, the more easy it is. And for those of us who are religious, we all need to join a group and I'll lead it called Recovering Pharisees. Because I am a recovering Pharisee. Anybody want to join that group? Yeah, there's a few of you. 
we, we learned it somehow, but we, we got into, we were all Pharisees at times. I'm, the more knowledge I know, the more Pharisaic I can become. See, people throughout history have heard God's voice. People I read, Augustine, Francis of Assisi, Martin Luther, John Wesley, George Mueller, Andrew Murray, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. God spoke to him in New York in the 40s while Germany was ablaze, while Hitler was ruling, while the Lutheran church became apostate. Can you imagine a whole denomination becoming apostate through those years? By that I mean denouncing the integrity of Christ. And God said, go back, do not forsake your people. He went back and started an underground movement of evangelical Lutherans and trained them and started his own Bible school. And he ended up by two months before the end of the war, they took him out and they hung him. Spurgeon, D.L. Moody, locked himself in a hotel room and prayed for a whole weekend. He came out changed and the Moody Institute mission started. God spoke to him. A.W. Tozer, James Dobson, Elizabeth Ellert, Dallas Willard, Jack Deere, Richard Foster, Francis Schaeffer, John Ortberg, Rick Warren. We could go on. Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM, all say that the revelation of God came to them. And what about hymns? How many of you know these hymns? Saviour like a shepherd, lead us. You know that one? It, um, I don't. All the way by Saviour leads me. I'm useless with hymns. Lead on, O King of Eternal. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of leads going on. Where he leads me, he leadeth me. I love it. Holy Spirit, faithful guide, Jesus, Saviour, pilot me. Oh, no, this one. Guide me, O great Jehovah. Oh, yeah. If I could at this moment, I would sing each one to you, but you would leave here feeling as if you've got the flu. It would be terrible, I tell you. But I know in hymns, I know in lives of great leaders, and that list could go on forever. They have lived by the relationship of the revelation of the Spirit, the Word of God, and their willingness to listen in their lives. And you're no different. Please. If they shut the internet down and they shut the churches down, at least your pastor's told you, crack that Bible out and let the revelation of God flow in your life. And keep going for it. Father, thank you that we can look at your scripture and that we can look at your word and you inspire us to be men and women of depth and relationship and growth in Jesus' name. Save us from being religious and bring us into the glory of fellowship so we will not wither in the 2020 pandemic. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for those online. Bless you. Have a great day.